We'll be in Psalm 92, Psalm 92 this morning, uh, as well as 1 Thessalonians 5. So if you want to find your place in 1 Thessalonians 5, put your finger there and then go to Psalm 92. As we stand together, you can find your places out of respect for the Word of God. If you're able to stand, please would you stand with me as we read two verses of Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, you hold your finger there, go to Psalm 92. Psalm 92 and verse number 1. If you've got it this morning, say amen. 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 If you don't have it yet, well, we'll just read it and you can find it. And there's in the bulletin, there's verses in there. You can go back and find it later, okay? Psalm 92, verse number 1. The Bible says it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. I want you to look at that phrase. It says it is a good thing. To give thanks unto the Lord. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. In verse number 18. Look what it says. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So God's will for us is to give thanks in all things. Give thanks in all things. And I know there's people going through valleys. I know there's people going through trials. You say, we're supposed to give thanks in those. Yes, we are. Why? Because he's with us all the time. And so I'm going to preach a message to you this morning entitled, Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the songs that have been sung this morning. Well, what a wonderful God you are. Thank you for, uh, Lord, our theme this year is to know you and to make you known. Lord, I just thank you for the folks in our church that are uh, giving the gospel out wherever they can. And Lord, we sure appreciate that so much. Thank you for the visitors we have today. Thank you for those faithful members that are here. Lord, I ask you please to do what only you can do in this place today. Lord, I pray that you'll hide me behind the cross, fill me with your spirit. Lord, use me just as your mouthpiece today. Lord, I pray that people won't see Dan Caldwell here this morning. They'll see Jesus in this place. Holy Spirit of God, we ask you to please bind Satan and the devils of hell from this building. We claim the blood of Christ that they not be allowed in this place. But Holy Spirit of God, would you move up and down each and every row? Lord, would you convict us of sin, empty, me, empty us of self, and fill us with your spirit? Lord, we'll give you the praise, the glory, and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. I was thinking this week as I was... Uh, Going through the week, I had a very busy week this week, a lot of things going on uh, in uh, preparation for school this year with our kids and different things of that nature, but uh, just a lot of things I began to think about. I began to think all, of, uh, all the way back to the time when in the 60s a man knocked on a door in Cleveland, Ohio and led my granddad to Christ and uh, just how a soul winner uh, was willing to do what God told him to do. And, you know, I just started thanking the Lord that uh, my granddad and grandma got saved there in Cleveland, Ohio, and just began to thank the Lord that they got into a good church that preached the truth of the Word of God and that they began to get grounded in the things of God. And then uh, just thanking the Lord for how He brought my mom and dad together and then how our family came and all these different things that have taken place and just how God's hand has been in uh, my life uh, since I've been uh, ever born. Since before I was even born, God's hand was uh, preparing things. And I just began to just thank the Lord for all that He's done. I began to thank the Lord for the upbringing that I had and how 
how I heard about the Word of God and how I heard uh, salvation was by grace through faith. It wasn't by works. And I was sure glad for that because there's a lot of people that have been uh, believing lies that they can go to heaven any way they feel like going to heaven, that there's many ways to God. Well, the Bible says there's only one way to God. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I began to think about uh, my wife's upbringing and how uh, her dad started a church in Pennsylvania and how God brought us together and then our family, our kids, and just my brother and his wife and uh, my sister and her husband and just how God put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And I just began to think, man, what a God we serve. I began to think, what a wonderful, wonderful God and how God uh, in ministry grew us through these times and then brought us to Faith Baptist Church. And I just began to thank the Lord for His guidance and His direction uh, in our life. And you know, there's a lot of things that we can be thankful for. I began to think about uh, just how healthy our kids are and how God has been able to do that and other kids that, and other people that God has brought through, my mom through cancer and all kinds of things. And just even people here, Brother Bob through his heart surgery or Bill through his heart surgeries and all those things. Uh, that have been going on and different people that have been dealing with cancer that don't have cancer anymore and just a lot of things that God's done and then Miss Shirley through her heart surgery and all these things that God has done. I mean, praise His holy name. And you know what? We have a lot to be thankful for. I could go on and on and on. We could just stand here and go row by row and give list of how great God has been and what God has done for us and different people that God has brought to our church and families that are starting to come and people that are being saved and people that are following Him in baptism. and just That's what God intends for the church to do. And it's just exciting that we have a church that's still doing those things. And I thank the Lord for all of that. And I thank the Lord as I go through His Word, I began to read. And just this week, I was, I was tearing up just reading through the Word of God that He he gave us a precious book that from Genesis to Revelation just shows us how much he loves us. You know, and I appreciate our Sunday school teachers. I appreciate Brother Ron and his, his stance there in Sunday school. And just, you know what, even though we were undeserving of heaven, that God loved us even though we were sinners. What a joy that is. You know what, to know that we have a, a God that loved the whole world and sent His only begotten Son, Jesus, to die on the cross. You know what, we have a lot to be grateful for, a lot to be thankful for. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of us uh, being thankful. It says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. We hear people sing and uh, they'll sing all kinds of worldly songs, but when you ask them to sing for the Lord, it's, I can't do that kind of stuff. You know what? The world hadn't done anything for us. But God has done everything for you and I, and we ought to be grateful for that. You know what, I, this theme this year is to know God and to make Him known. One of the most joyful things in my life is getting closer to the Lord. The closer I can get with Him, the happier I am. You know what, it makes Satan mad, he fights even harder, but I get even more joyful. Why? Because joy is of the Lord. And I can be grateful today, and I just thank God for all that He's done in us and all the protection that He's had in my life and all the provision that He's had in my life. And I don't want to get ahead of this, and you all can say, I can't speak for your life. I can only speak for what God's done in my life. But I'm sure everybody in here could wave a hand today and say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. I'm sure everybody could. I'm sure everybody could lift up their hand to the Lord and just sing praises unto His name all day long just for the goodness that He has done. 
I want you to think about what God has given us here in our country and even in this church where we gather together. We have uh, padded pews that we can come and sit in. Even though they may get a little rickety at times, we still have padded pews that we get to sit in with air-conditioned buildings and bathrooms we can go to. And I don't know of anybody that walked to church today. We all rode in vehicles. We are a blessed nation, aren't we? I look around, I see everybody's got clothes on their back and shoes on their feet and food in their belly. Some of us more food than others. But hey, we got food, a none Nonetheless, and the fact of the matter is, we are uh, blessed, blessed people. We are very blessed. But you know what? We will uh, thumb our noses at God and think God isn't for us, that God is against us. But the fact of the matter is, God is very, very good. And we ought to sing praises to Him. We have a lot to be thankful for. Then I went to 1 Thessalonians 5, and I was reading through all of that, and it said, See none render evil for evil, in verse 15, unto any man. But every man follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. It said rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I begin to think about, well, it's God's will for my life to give thanks. In all things. Not just God thank you for the blessings. But God, thank you for the trials. And I begin to think about trials in my life. I begin to think about different things that God has put my family through. Different events that have taken place even before I was born in our family. The trials that we've gone through and how God has used those trials to mold us and shape us into the vessel that he wanted us to be. And I say, Lord, thank you for the trials so that we can understand that that's where we gain our strength to enjoy the mountaintops. And I begin to just thank him for the trials. And you say, well, why should we thank him for trials? Trials aren't good. Trials are there to mold us and shape us into what he wants us to be. You know, we can't ever appreciate the mountaintops unless we experience valleys. And I'm here to say thank you, Lord, for everything he's done for us. For the times that maybe we have some health issues, for the times that we have people that have turned against us, for the times that we've had... uh, maybe financial strains and different things of that nature. I just want to thank God for being with us through it all. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise in and of itself that we can rejoice over. As I go out soul winning, try to win people to Christ, I think about Matthew 28 when he says, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. You know what? There's going to be people slam their door in my face. There's going to be people reject the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's going to be people that want anything to do with what I have to tell them about the Lord. But thanks be to God, He's with me even through those rejecting times because they're not rejecting me, they're rejecting Him. And I begin to think about, thank you, Lord, just for the the growth process that we have. We have babes in Christ all the way to those that are mature in Christ and everywhere in between. And I just thank the Lord that we have a wide variety of people in our church that are in different stages but are excited about the things of God. I get excited about those things, and I thank the Lord for it. Thank God for the servants' hearts that we have here in our church, the giving spirits that we have here in our church. But I also want us to understand there's some things that we need to focus on and understand it's nothing about you and I but all about Him. We ought to give Him praise. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and sing praises unto His name. It said, Thou Most High. It's a good thing to give praise to Him. But it's not just a good thing, it's a command for us to thank Him in all things. God says that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God 
in Christ Jesus concerning you. There's four areas that I want to thank God for today. I've already given a bunch of them, just things that we could be thankful for. But there's four areas in Scripture that I want to just thank God for today. I want you to take your Bibles to John chapter number 3. John chapter number 3. Probably the most famous verse in all of the Bible. That most people know this verse. Whether they read the Bible or not, they've heard it. They know it. John 3 and verse 16. The Bible says, if you know it, repeat it with me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a very powerful verse in and of itself. When you look at that verse, you say, why is this such a powerful verse? Because we need to understand that when God was loving us, He was loving the world. What is the world? All that's in the world, the Bible says, is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's sin. In the sinfulness of humanity, God still looked down on us with a love that was beyond expression, beyond any words that we could ever say. I used to ask the Lord, why did you say God so loved the world? Why didn't you just tell us how much love you had for us in that verse? And by saying God just so loved it, he was just saying words can't even describe the love that I have for my people. And I'm sure glad today in thanking God for sin's sacrifice. Sin sacrifice. What is that? He gave of His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you read through Isaiah 53, I'm not going to go through all of that this morning, but it says He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. With His stripes we are healed. I want you to look at 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John chapter number 2, if you would please. Quickly in your Bibles. 1 John Chapter number 2. In verse number 1 and verse number 2 of 1 John chapter 2, he said, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. I'm glad today for sin's sacrifice, that propitiation for my sin. That word propitiation means a substitute. That means what you and I deserved, what we deserved was hell. What we deserved was the punishment of sin. What we deserved was the death that Romans 6.23 talks about. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through who? Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Jesus. He is that substitutionary sacrifice for you and I. I'm here today to praise His holy name for sin's sacrifice. A lot of people think, well, the gift of God is Jesus Christ. No, Jesus was the payment for sin. The gift is eternal life through the payment of Jesus Christ for you and I. See, when we're born, we're born in eternal death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Because we're born physically into this world, we have an eternal death that we have to uh, suffer or pay for because of sin. Because of that sin that separated us from or made us fall short of the glory of God, we, are, by sin nature, are doomed and destined for hell. Though hell was not created for us, it was created for uh, Satan or Lucifer and the fallen angels, those who reject Christ because of sin, therefore uh, end up spending eternity in a place called hell. But there is a substitute. 
One that was willing to take that death upon himself. The one who was willing to uh, bore, bear all of that upon himself, and that's Jesus, uh, and I'm glad for him. Look at Hebrews chapter number 9. Hebrews chapter number 9. I'm not one that usually likes uh, to demand amens, but I think when we talk about Jesus and what he's done, and how good God has been to all of us, and how he's been the substitute for our sin, it ought to stir up something inside of you that wants you to praise his holy name, that wants to lift up high the glorious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because without him, there's not a person in this room that can say, I have eternal life, because you only have it through the sins sacrifice, and that's Jesus. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 12, it says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood He entered in once to the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. I'm glad, Brother Ron, that didn't say temporary redemption for us. It said eternal redemption for us. Firstly, I'm glad because of sin's sacrifice. Secondly, I'm glad because of God's glorious grip on our life. His glorious grip. That said, eternal redemption. I'm glad that once I'm saved, I'm saved forever and ever and ever. You say, preacher, what happens if we sin after we get saved? I'm glad that our sin wasn't, or our salvation wasn't based on our performance. Because if it was based on our performance, all of us would have been lost the day after we got saved. Maybe moments after we got saved. But the Bible says when we got saved, John chapter 10, he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. See, we can be rejoiced in the fact of God's glorious grip today that he's never lost one soul to hell. Praise God for that. Once we're saved, and we're saved by the blood of Christ, we're held in God's hand. And I'll tell you, when you can be lost again is when God loses you. And God's not ever going to lose you because you're held in His hand. And we can rejoice in that fact. We can rejoice in it. Look at Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6. The Bible says this, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm glad that he that brought that work in us will just keep it going, keep it on until Jesus comes back. What a blessing. Then we get to be in heaven with him. I'm glad for sin sacrifice today. You say, why are you glad for that? Because my eternal de- destination was changed the day that I trusted Jesus as my Savior. I'm glad, Brother Eddie, that he drew me unto himself. I'm glad that there was a day when he showed me my need for a Savior. Listen, if you're in this room today and you've never uh, trusted Jesus Christ by faith, listen, I didn't say that you prayed a prayer one day. I said that you had a belief in your heart and you trusted Jesus Christ by faith. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. That is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you can believe in his death, but if you don't believe in his resurrection, you're serving a dead God. I'm glad for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just as important as the death of Jesus Christ because had death been able to conquer him, he would have no power over death. 
death and the death that you and I experience in hell, we would have never had victory over. But because he rose from the grave, he can offer life everlasting to anyone who believes because death couldn't hold him down. And when we, by faith, trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, his blood is applied upon the mercy seat in heaven. And when our name's written in the Lamb's book of life, it's sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And we have God's glorious grip on our life to understand that once we're saved, we're always saved. And we can praise God for that. Praise the Lord for, thank you, Lord, for being a wonderful God. Listen, this is the God I want you to know. But maybe you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Listen, I want you to come to the realization that you're a sinner. You have to realize you're lost before you can ever be found. We got to realize that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's only one good, and that's God. And you got to trust Him by faith and receive uh, His finished work upon the cross of Christ and, and then His death and His burial and His resurrection and ask Him by faith to receive it. And He said, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And I don't care what Dr. Phil, Joel Olstein, and any other person says. There aren't many ways to God. There's one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, you ought not to call names. No, it's my job as a preacher to let you know when there's false teachers and false preachers out there. And the Bible says the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. You say, well, preacher, what if I've been to church all these years and my good outweighs my bad? The Bible never says anything of that other than our righteousness are filthy rags unto the Lord. There's no good works that you and I can do that will let us enter heaven's gates other than trusting in the finished work. That Jesus Christ has already done. I'm glad today for sin sacrifice. I'm glad that he took my place. That he was my substitute. He was the propitiation for my sin. But not for mine only. But for the sins of the whole world. Listen, you might be here today and you might be thinking, Well, preacher, God could never do anything with me. You don't know what life I've lived. You don't know how wrong I've been and what I've done. You understand one sin would have put Jesus on the cross. It doesn't matter how deep your sin goes. It doesn't matter how far away that you think you might have been. His, his blood reaches the, the depths of the deepest sea. And he can pick up anybody that's willing just to come to him. He said, he that cometh to me, I'll in no wise cast him out. I'm glad for whosoever will gospel. I'm glad that there's not just an elect group of people that get to go to heaven. I'm glad it's for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm here today to thank the Lord for his sacrifice. I'm here to thank him for his glorious grip. I'm also here to thank him for his perfect provision. His perfect provision. Look at Philippians chapter 4. Starting in verse number 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. But jump down to verse number 19. He said this, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You understand God's not obligated to provide for us, but he does it. He does it. 
oftentimes we think we can live life the way we want to live it, do what we want to do, and God's supposed to just still take care of us. I'm glad he's long-suffering. I'm glad that he's gracious and merciful. I'm glad that he's all of these. But God even provides for those that are unworthy of his provision. Listen, that's a God that's a wonderful God. But the fact of the matter is, everything in your life, I believe, is God trying to get you to him. You say, what are you talking about? When I make a bad decision and I walk away from God, his chastening is there for a reason. What? That I can be a partaker of him. When he chastens me, it's because he loves me, his child. But you know what? When I'm out here in the world and I'm doing these things that I'm not supposed to be doing, you say, well, why, does, why is he good to us? Well, the Bible says the goodness of God bringeth us to repentance. How can God still treat us right when we curse him to his face when our lives are not that of a child of God why is he still good to us in those times because it brings us to repentance you know what though the chastening hand of the Lord is real and he does provide for all of us he can supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus but I want you to look back to Psalms chapter number three Psalm chapter number three I don't know if you can tell it but I'm I'm excited about being a child of God today Thrilled about it. We ought to be thrilled about it. You ought to never lose the the joy of your salvation. Never lose the joy of it. Psalm chapter 3. Verse number 5. Or look at verse number 4 and 5. He says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awake, for the Lord sustained me. The Lord sustained me. Look at Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 55. I'm sorry, Psalm 55. Psalm 55. I'll say, if you find Proverbs 55, you got the wrong Bible. Okay, Psalm 55. Psalm 55. And verse number 22. Look what the Bible says. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall what? Sustain thee. Aren't you glad for his perfect provision? When you have a burden, you have a trial, you have something going on in your life, he says, cast it upon the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall sustain you. There's many other verses we could go to. You could go to Psalm 23. Talking about the Lord is my shepherd and the green pastures that he leads us by, the still waters that are there that restore our soul, the paths of righteousness. Uh, He said, yea, though I walk through that valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. His rod and his staff that comfort us, the table that's prepared before us in the presence of our enemies, how he anoints our head with oil and our cup runs over. He said, surely goodness and mercy follows us. Man, what what a joy it is to have the provision of the Lord in our life. There's many other verses we can go to. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, we could go there. Matthew 7, verse 7 through 15. Matthew 6 and verse 32. There's many other verses we could go to that talk about God's provision for us. And listen, every one of us could sit here today. We already talked about, we rode here in cars. We're sitting in air condition. We, most of us uh, have food that we've eaten. If you're, if you're not eating in our nation today, it's because you don't want to. You say, what are you talking about? Everybody in America has the ability to eat. You say, why? Because we have been a blessed nation. And we've been a blessed nation because our nation was founded on godly principles. 
and God put his hand upon our nation because they said, in God we trust. And that's why God has blessed our nation and blessed our land. And because of the remnant, the people that are still doing the right things, the people that are still walking in the ways of God, people still excited about their salvation, that are uh, praising God for His eternal security and praising God for all the goodness. Even through the trials, we still rejoice in the name of the Lord. That's the reason I believe God hasn't poured His wrath out upon our nation today. It's because of the remnant of God's people that are still doing the right thing. Let me encourage you to keep doing what's right. I'm glad for sin's sacrifice. I'm glad for the glorious grip. I'm glad for His perfect provision. But I'm also glad today because of His wonderful Word. I'm glad for His wonderful Word. I love the Word of God. You know what? We ought to love this book as much as we love God. Why? Because in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Why should you love this wonderful, blessed old book? That we hold in our hand. Man, those little kids that sang the other day. This blessed old book that I hold in my hand. Man, I get excited about that. Why? Because it is a well of pure water when I'm thirsty and dry. It is bread when I'm hungry and warm. It's everything that you and I need to sustain ourselves through it. But it's God's love letter to us from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. He talks about why he came to seek and to save that which was lost. But he also came to, to fellowship with us and to provide for us and to walk with us and to talk with us. And everything God does is for our benefit and for us. Man, what a wonderful God, and I'm glad for His wonderful Word. How do I know about salvation? Through the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do I know about sin sacrifice? Because of His wonderful Word. How do I know about eternal security? Because of His wonderful Word. How do I know about His perfect provision? Through His wonderful Word. How do I know about the foundations and the doctrine that we stand upon? How do I know about all of these things? I'd be clueless if it weren't for the Word of God. And I'm glad for it. I'm glad for his word. Look at Psalm 119, if you would, please. I'm glad for what the word of God does in our hearts. You say, what's it for? It's to cleanse us, to help make us clean before the Lord. Look what the Bible says in verse 9 of Psalm 119. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto, according to thy word. See what it says? With my whole heart. Wow, that's a very intriguing word. Because a lot of people honor him with their mouth, but their hearts are far from him. Look what it says. With their whole heart, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from my commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I'm glad for his wonderful word that helps keep me clean where I can enter before his presence. You say, what are you talking about? I can't enter into his presence if I have sin in my life. You know, the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And when I go to the Lord in prayer, you know what I want? I don't want anything between me and my Savior. The word of God is the washing tool that we go to to help wash us and show us our imperfections. Listen, if you go to a church that never exposes your sin, you ought to leave that church in a heartbeat. Why? Because the washing of the water of the word is for this, not to browbeat you into submission, but to show you your need for a glorious Savior, to show you your need for a cleansing where you can walk in fellowship with a God that desires to fellowship with you. 
God desires fellowship with us. But God's not going to fellowship with someone that's walking in sin. You know what God had to do to sin? He had to turn his back on sin. Even when his son was hanging on an old rugged tree, and my sin and your sin was placed upon himself, his son had to cry out for that thirsting of that relationship with his father again because of sin, and his father had to separate himself. Listen, you want to walk in fellowship with God today? Let the washing of the water of the word come into your heart and your life today. We have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to be thankful for. Look at Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. I'm sorry, look at verse 13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. We're talking about thanking the Lord, aren't we? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. He says, and let the peace of God, verse 15, rule in your hearts. How does the peace of God rule in our hearts, to which also we are called in one body, and how do we be thankful? He's telling us to be thankful. Look what it says here, putting on charity, which is love. It said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom. Listen, I'm here today to tell you we have a wonderful, wonderful word. I'm glad that God through the ages has preserved his word so that we can have it today. I'm glad for a word that is inspired by God. You say, what's inspired mean? It means God breathed. You know what? This is the only book in history that revivals have started from. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God blows upon it. He breathes upon it. There's life in it. Anytime God breathes on something, life comes. Remember when man was created out of the dust of the ground and God formed man? It said this, that man didn't become living until what? God breathed upon him. He blew into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So how do we become alive? It's through the word of God that God has breathed through. And because of this word of God that shows us our sinful state, we can uh, also understand who sin sacrifice is. And because of that, we can by faith put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, asking him to be our savior. And he said, you shall be saved. I'm glad for God's promises. Sin sacrifice is glorious grip, his perfect provision and his wonderful word. We have a lot to be thankful for. There's so many other things I could talk about this morning. We could be here till next week talking about God's goodness. And then we'd have to take an intermission and come right back because he'd still be even better than we ever even imagined. But I'm here today to say I'm glad that I'm saved today. If you're not saved, you can be. And you ought to rejoice in the fact that God loves you so much that he brought you to a place that was going to tell you about Jesus, to tell you how you could go to heaven, to tell you how your destination can be changed. Listen, it doesn't matter how much money you have in this world. It doesn't matter how many friends you have on Facebook. It doesn't matter how many churches that you've frequented. You're still going to die and go to hell if you've never trusted Jesus Christ by, by faith. 
And you need to trust Him today. You say, preacher, that's kind of harsh words. That's God's words. It's God's words. And we have to come to the realization that we have to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm glad Miss Caitlin's getting baptized today. You know what he tells us to do after we get saved? To get baptized. What is being baptized? What's the whole picture of being baptized? It's a picture. It's an outward expression of what took place inside of our heart. It's obedience to the Lord to show people this, that old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new in Christ Jesus. That he was buried, rose again. That's the picture of the gospel of how we got saved. But we do it to identify with God's family. We do it to say, hey, I'm part of God's family and I'm not ashamed of being part of God's family. There's people maybe in this room that have been saved for years, never been baptized. Listen, let me tell you, that's God's God's command is to be baptized. Listen, baptism doesn't save you. Salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Putting your faith and trust in Him is what saves you. Baptism is a picture of what took place in your life. Identifying with God's family. Showing everybody else a public profession of what happened in our hearts and our minds. You know what? If you're ashamed of God, He said He'll be ashamed of you. Listen, I don't want Him to be ashamed of me. Let me encourage you today. Just obey the Lord. He said, for to obey is better than sacrifice. Listen, we have a wonderful God. He said, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. But he said, give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I wonder, have we been ungrateful? How many times we complain about the circumstances? How many times do we look at God and say, God, I just... If you really loved me, why would you allow this to happen to me? Think about it. We're all guilty, if we're honest. We all gripe and complain about what God's done. Because we expect God to do things the way we think it ought to be done. But I'm here today to tell you His ways are above ours. His thoughts are above ours. God's plan for your life is better than any plan you could ever come up with for yourself. But if you're here today and you're not saved, let me tell you this. God wants you to be saved. He said he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Let me encourage you during the invitation time this morning. Once you get saved this morning, once you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, listen, he can turn your life around. You don't have to worry about getting good enough, because guess what? You're never going to get good enough to earn salvation. Satan will tell you, oh, just wait. The Bible says life is a vapor. It's here for a while and vanisheth away. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Everybody sitting under the sound of my voice has no, no idea when you're going to close your eyes in physical death. But if you close your eyes in physical death without the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to open them up in eternal death in a place called hell. But if you close your eyes in physical death this morning and you have by faith received Jesus Christ, you open them into eternal life forever with Him. And listen, that's what He wants for your life. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes this morning.